Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I want to talk today about an important issue that uh, really may be more applicable to small town or pastors serving in rural locations, but it can be applicable uh, to any pastor really in any context. So I want to talk today about what it means to become the pastor for your community, or you might say it this way, become a community pastor. Now, don't make a mistake of understanding what I mean. I'm not talking about becoming the pastor of your church community or being the pastor of a church that has community. I'm talking about you becoming perceived as a pastor or a pastoral leader for an entire community, not just your church. Now, this came to mind recently uh, because of a couple of instances of ministry that I've both observed or heard about. Uh, First of all, I got an email from a pastor who's one of our graduates who's doing an outstanding job serving in a small town here in the West. He described how he had joined a Christian motorcycle club, or not a Christian, excuse me, a community motorcycle club in his area. And this is what he wrote. He said that uh, he and three friends went to a Christian bike rally together. And this is his words. It was boring. So one of his friends, let's call him Tom, Tom suggested that uh, he and the pastor go to another bike or another car show that was happening in the area. The other two friends didn't have time, so they went back home, but my pastor friend, and let's say his friend Tom, went on uh, to that second car show. And when they got there, uh, this is what he wrote. Tom has two friends who had their cars at the show that we went to see. When we got to that show, he introduced me to his friend saying, this is my pastor. Now, that's significant because this man who said, this is my pastor, is not yet a Christian. And yet, he's identified a person that he trusts and respects and is willing to give that title in his life, even though he's not only not a church member, he's not even a professing believer. And then I was observing another pastor that I know that's working in a small town. This is a town of about 13,000. And he's doing an outstanding job becoming the pastor in the community as he gains more and more recognition in the community. Uh, Their church is seeing more and more people come out of those connections. And in fact, remarkable growth is taking place in this small town church. So what I've been thinking about is how do you become a community pastor? And honestly, I had to go back to some of my early experiences in ministry as well to think about this. Uh, When I first started out in ministry... I went to a town of about 80,000 people, but it was laid out in a rather unusual fashion. It was along a river, so the, the, uh, the town was really only a mile or so wide, but actually about 15 or 20 miles long from seemed like one north end to the south end. In fact, the town really thought of itself in, in, in two or maybe even three distinct areas. And I lived in the north part of town and, and really had an opportunity to become the community pastor uh, for that area. So how did it happen that I became a community pastor? How does it happen that this man, that uh, this pastor that I just told you about, gets introduced by a non-Christian, non-church member as, quote, my pastor? Uh, how does it happen that a person goes into a community, uh, builds a lot of relationships in the community, and then as a result starts seeing people come into uh, the church family? So let me see if I can give you some suggestions about becoming more of a community pastor. First, stay a while. When you move into a smaller town or move into any community, it takes a while to get established. 
And I saw this firsthand when I went to my first pastorate. I arrived on the scene full of energy, full of passion, ready to change the world, and started trying to do that. But quite frankly, I was seen as an outsider for, for the first several years. But I noticed something start changing about the fifth year. Uh, in that fifth year, it seemed like I was becoming part of the community and finally being accepted uh, as a person who really was there to stay and to make a difference. Now, I don't know that it takes five years, but it does take a few years to establish yourself in a community and create a sense of belonging and of permanence and give people confidence that you're really going to be there and they can start to trust you. Now, long-term pastorates are not that common in small towns. A lot of places, uh, people move in, they, they serve for a few years, they either get discouraged and move on, or sometimes they're very successful and they get asked to take on larger opportunities. I'm particularly uh, friends, however, with one pastor who went to his church almost 40 years ago. I went to a rural area of Washington State, uh, called to be a pastor there while he was still a student. I felt God profoundly convicting him that as a pastor, he was to become a shepherd and really invest his life in his church family, and he's done that. And he stayed there, as I've said, almost 40 years and built a very strong church that does all the things you might think of a church doing in a larger city, mission trips, mission teams, outreach ministries, community-based ministries, ministries that impact the area, evangelism, discipleship, tremendous worship program. In fact, the Northwest Baptist Convention, while I was there, often used their worship leaders and their worship team to come in and give direction for the whole convention. This little church, little town, uh, had that kind of quality ministry going on. Now, I'm not suggesting that you have to stay 40 years, but I am saying that if you want to be a community pastor, if you want the community to receive you, accept you, count you as one of their own, you're going to have to stay long enough to build enough credibility to where people begin to see you in that way. Now, the second uh, bit of counsel I have is this. If you're going to become a community pastor, you have to become comfortable being, quote, pastor before you are really, quote, pastor. Let me say that again. If you're going to be a community pastor, you have to be comfortable being someone's pastor, at least in their mind, before you actually become their pastor in the way that you would likely define it. I know when this first started happening to me, when people would introduce me as this is my pastor, and I would think, hold on a second. You've never even been to my church. You're not a professing Christian. Um, I don't know that you have any real spiritual commitment of any kind, and yet you've just introduced me as your pastor. When that first started happening, I, I was a little startled by it and frankly a little uncomfortable with it, like what happened here? When did that take place? What's going on? But then I started learning to get comfortable with that title, recognizing that when people called me their pastor, they were paying me a very high compliment. What they were saying was, I trust you. You're my spiritual leader. Um, I'm opening myself up to your spiritual direction. I really want a closer relationship with God, and I think you can help me get there. And so oftentimes when people would introduce me as their pastor or say I'm their, their family's pastor or something like that, it gave me a signal that they were actually more open to a spiritual conversation and spiritual input than I had ever imagined they might be. This often happened to me in the context of caring for families in crisis. 
Now, especially in small towns or rural communities, there are extended families that really have a lot of connections. And so what would happen is I'd get called into a crisis situation, a death, a funeral, a hospitalization, an accident, something like that. And I'd provide ministry. And oftentimes it might be to the one person in the family that was a part of our church. And as I ministered to that person and then extended that ministry to others in the family, the family started thinking of me as their pastor. That's our family's pastor. And they they may have only had a connection to me through one member of their church or one member of their family that was a member of our church, but that was the way they saw me. I was their pastor of their family. I had a family like this. Their last name was Hay, H-A-Y, back in the day. Uh, the the Hay family uh, was a large extended family with lots of brothers and sisters and therefore lots of cousins and lots of in-laws and lots and lots of people. Uh, when they had a funeral, there would be, you know, 60 to 100 family members that would show up for the funeral. So one of the Hay family members, uh, husband and wife and, and their children, uh, became part of our church. And sure enough, as soon as they had a crisis, I met out. I reached out to them and met their need. And of course, by doing that, started being connected to this whole larger family. And within a few months, actually, I started being called pastor by people I hardly met in this extended family. And then, as the two or three years went by, I started being called on for every kind of spiritual need that this greater family had whether it was a funeral or a wedding or a counseling session or helping somebody get in you know get out of jail or get into a counseling program it was if somebody had a need they knew they could just call their pastor and that was pastor Jeff and I would try to I would try to help them and as a result of that I was able to lead several of them to faith in Christ see them baptized and actually become part of our family but the a big step for me was getting comfortable being called pastor by people who I really didn't think of as being their pastor but yet they thought of me that way, and I felt, and, and being identified that way, led to becoming pastor in the way I defined it for many more people. So, step one, stay a while. Stay long enough that the community embraces you, trusts you, and begins to see you as a part of their fabric. And then secondarily, be comfortable being pastor before you're really the pastor. And when p- people call you their pastor, label you pastor, think of you as pastor, feel comfortable with that. Now, here's a that's a couple of uh, sort of philosophical underpinnings, if you will. Now let me give you some practical things you can do that will help you to become this kind of community pastor. Number one, promote the common good. Promote the common good. Uh, If something's good for the community, be for it. Even if it doesn't necessarily have any direct impact on your church or on your ministry, just be for it. I remember early in my ministry that we were in a city that had a lot of unpaved roads, and that created a lot of dust, a lot of hassle, a lot of health problems, just a lot of issues. And there was a movement to try to get that, those roads paved, to get state funding, get local funding, raise tax rates slightly to make this done. Uh, and so it, it was something that was for the community good, and so it was easy to get behind that. It was easy to advocate that kind of progress because it was going to be something that everyone in the community uh, would benefit from experiencing. And so when you find something like that, get behind it for the community good. Promote the common good. Second, join the community in, in concrete ways. Now, I already mentioned that my, my pastor friend has joined a biking uh, club, uh, a motorcycle club in his community. That's a great thing. Uh, another pastor that I know is a football coach in his community. He went across the street from their church to the high school and 
He had played high school football and been, frankly, an all-conference athlete. He had actually played a different sport in college, so he understood that sports at that level as well. He went across the street, uh, met the high school football coach, got acquainted, uh, started building a relationship by doing some service-oriented things toward the team, got his church involved doing some service projects that helped the team and helped the school. And after a year or so, the coach came to him and said, listen, uh, could you could you help us out even more? You mentioned that you might be interested in some coaching. I'd love to have you as a volunteer coach on our staff. So the pastor made a commitment to being a volunteer football coach. Now, that's a pretty significant commitment to be there in the fall uh, for afternoon practices and Friday night games. But uh, honestly, it's kind of a labor of love for this pastor. He loves the sport. He loves the the, the uh, high school students he's getting to work with. He wants to be enmeshed in the community in a concrete or a specific way. So he's joined the community by becoming a volunteer football coach. I know other pastors who volunteer in other ways. They work in the schools as a school mentor or a school uh, counselor or a school advocate or something where they're able to be in the schools on a regular basis, joining the community in a concrete fashion, making a difference. Uh, I know another church situation where uh, the the, uh, church, the, the community has an annual community fair, and it is a big deal. In fact, more people come to that fair than actually live in that community, meaning everyone in the whole town goes and people from the surrounding towns come. So this pastor went to the organizers and said, uh, what do you need, uh, what kind of help do you need to really make this thing go, make it successful? And they said, well, honestly, we need we need people to man the registration. You know, we have to we have to have a monitoring system to get people in and out of this event because of security issues and you know just all the things going on in our world today. So uh, while it's a it's a pretty low stress level entry process, we still have to scan people in. We have to you know do some cursory inspections and we have to make sure that that we have a safe environment. So the pastor said, Hey, listen, what if my what if my church just does that for you? Wow, are you kidding me? No, we're not. Our church will just take that on. So he organized enough people from the church to man this registration for that whole weekend. And guess what? The church got to meet every single person who came to the fair, meaning they got to meet every single person in the church. And they just, you know, they wore a little name tag, uh, you know, that said, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, entry committee or welcome team or something like that and had the name of their church on it and said, Hey, we're just out here greeting, meeting people and making sure we have a safe environment and, you know, doing that kind of thing. So d- join the community by uh, joining a biker uh, club, by getting involved in the sports community, by being a coach or an official or in some way involving yourself. Volunteer in the schools. Go be a part of the fairs. I, I went to visit one, uh, uh, one pastor in a small community, and he said, uh, hey, listen, uh, I know this might seem weird, uh, but while you're here, um, I need to go over to the school musical. I said, uh, the school what? He said, the school musical. He said, you know, we've, we've really got a great relationship with the school, and I'm always doing sports stuff. And, and some of the kids in the musical program said, hey, pastor, how about, how about coming to our musical the next weekend? And he said, I, I just want to go over and, and just say hi to some people and let people know I'm there and meet some parents and say hi to the kids and just go to the musical. I said, you know what? I'm all in about that. So I went to a high school musical, didn't know a soul there. And just watch this pastor do his thing. Just work the room, meet the community, see the kids, celebrate with what was going on, and communicate to them, I'm a part of your world and I want to be here for you. That's what I mean when I say join the community. You become a community pastor when you do things like that. So I talked about promote the common good, join the community. Here's another one. Uh, Do funerals. Do funerals. 
Now, especially people that are starting out in ministry think that funerals are the hardest part of ministry, and there can be some tough days in doing some funerals. But I've done dozens of funerals, dozens and dozens of funerals, and I can tell you that I uh, relish the opportunity. I look forward to the opportunity of people inviting me into their lives to help them with a funeral service or a memorial service for their loved one. It is a, it's a precious a treasure, a high honor. It's a, it's a fantastic stewardship of life to be given the opportunity to walk with people through death, through bereavement, through the planning and execution of a funeral service or a memorial service. These, th- th- this is a, a, a significant, a significant opportunity for you to really become the pastor of a community. I mentioned the Hay family earlier. You know, I got connected to them through the, 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 the member of the family that actually joined our church. But what really connected me to the larger family was doing funerals in their family. And because it was such a large family, it seemed like every three to six months someone was dying in this family. And that I'd get the phone call. Hey, Pastor Jeff, Uncle Joe died. You know, my aunt passed. I uh, had a cousin that was killed in an accident. Now, is there any way you could help us with this service? And I would say, absolutely. Go out, meet with the family, pray with them, share the gospel, share the gospel in the service, follow up with people after who were particularly troubled or bereaved or grieving. Listen, do funerals. And here's what happened to me, and it can happen to you as well. Because I took seriously the opportunity to do funeral services, and I tried to do a really quality job with every one of them, um, after I had been in this community for a couple of years, I got a phone call one day from the leading funeral d- director in our city. He had the largest funeral home, did the most services. He said, uh, uh, Pastor Orge, I, I really like the way you work with families, and I appreciate the kind of service that you do. He said, I have uh, unaffiliated Christian or unaffiliated Baptist families that come into my home, a funeral home all the time. Would you be open to referrals so that I could help those families get connected to you. Are you seriously kidding me? Would I be open to those referrals? I took every single one of them. Because once you develop a reputation for being a community pastor who will reach out to and meet the needs of families, other people in the community, like the funeral directors, notice that, and they'll help you to get connected to even more families. I have lost track of the number of people that I met through that kind of ministry that I was then able to follow up with, have subsequent visits in their homes, share the gospel with them, build a relationship with them, see people come to faith in Christ by that means. Do funerals. Uh, you, you may, if you're especially a younger pastor or just starting out in ministry, you may think, man, I'm nervous about funerals. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to say. Well, listen, you'll get more experience at this as you do a few, and you'll learn that while you may not know what to do and may not know what to say, listen, Everyone else in the room knows less what to do and less what to say than you do. And so you're actually the ministry expert in the moment. You're the person that everyone's looking to. You're the, you're the pastor. And I know that, 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 that there's, a famous, there's a well-known book, Pastors, We're Not Professionals, and I actually endorse that book, and I actually understand that concept. But in this sense, and in the best sense, we are ministry professionals when it comes to helping people with things like funeral services and with knowing how to deal with people in bereaved situations. We've been trained. We understand what's happening. We can help answer questions. We can guide families through some of the most difficult times they face. And so do funerals. Uh, help families with this kind of situation and this kind of process, and you'll find that it'll expand your influence across the community. Here's another one. Visit hospitals and nursing homes. 
Now, I realize that today people often go into hospitals uh, for just day surgeries and things like that. So I'm not saying that you have to be at the hospital every time anyone goes into the hospital from your church, from any family affiliated with your church. I know that can be very, very challenging just because of the way hospitals function today. Uh, But when I say visit hospitals, I really mean visit the sick. When someone goes into the hospital, uh, get in touch with them. When they come out of the hospital, follow up with them. Uh, If they're homebound for a while, recovering from surgery or something like that in an appropriate way at an appropriate time, go see them. Here's here's what you're going to discover happens. When you visit a sick person or you reach out to a person who's uh, had surgery or who's recovering and you invest just 15 minutes of personal time with them. And by the way, hospital and sick, sick bed visits need to be brief visits. People don't want long visits when they're, when they're in pain or when they're ailing. But when you stop by, uh, say, I care about you. Uh, tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what's going on with you. May I pray with you that God will give you peace and grace and healing. And can I pray for your family that they will have the strength they need to endure this difficult time that's come into your lives. When you do that, the news about that spreads like wildfire through a family. It certainly spreads through a Christian family, and it certainly spreads through a church family, but it also spreads through a community. As people talk about the pastor who came to see them, who cared about them, who ministered to them. And I'll add nursing homes to the list. It's a sad thing, but a lot of people who get put into nursing homes are forgotten there. And again, I'm not talking about spending half a day every, every day visiting nursing homes, but why not at least once a month, maybe twice a month? Swing by the nursing home in your community and visit the people there that are connected to your church or that you have a relationship with, or reach out to someone by asking the nurse, is there anyone here that, that doesn't get visitors, that no one comes to see them? Is there anyone here whose family feels isolated, maybe struggling with their situation more than others? If so, let me go and visit that person. Just say a word, just speak a word, just share a prayer time. This kind of visitation goes a long way to establishing you as a community pastor. I think of a situation where a pastor went into a nursing home and made a visit with a member, and then he stopped by and he asked the nurse, uh, is there anybody else here that uh, that you think I should stop by and see while I'm here? Is there any other family here that's that's struggling? She said, you know, there's someone here who hardly ever gets a visitor, and I know that it'd mean a lot to them if you stopped in. So he went down the hall, made just a short visit, and just then made a note to add that room to his call list next time he came by just to stop in, say a word, brief prayer, etc. Well, a few weeks later, this nurse called the pastor and said, hey, I wonder if I could talk with you about a personal need. So he went by and had a chance to talk with her, and then that led to ministry to her family, and that led to relation with sharing the gospel, and that led to people coming to faith in Christ in the nurse's family. Why? Because she perceived, here's a pastor who cares about our community, and some weeks later when she had a spiritual need, that's the first person she thought of calling. He does care about people. He cares about people enough to stop by and see them in our nursing home. Maybe he could help me with my situation as well. Now, uh, when you extend yourself in funerals, hospitals, and nursing homes, what you're saying to your community is, I'm available, I care, and I want to be connected to people who are hurting. And pastors who connect themselves to hurting people will find that that reputation expands, people talk about that, and they will open themselves up to you uh, in significant ways. Now, one last thing. A community pastor, a, a strategy to becoming a community pastor is to be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. 
You know, in communities, uh, especially small towns, rural areas, things like that, people highly value relationships. They, they want to know their neighbors, and they want to get along with their neighbors, and, and they want their communities to be places of peace and, and understanding. And pastors have a responsibility to be peacemakers in community. Now, that doesn't mean that we're peacekeepers. doesn't mean that we uh, compromise or, or do whatever we have to do to keep people from being angry with one another. That's not what I'm saying. Pastors who are peacemakers, though, take a long perspective on problems, uh, take a good perspective on people's conflicts and situations, and they are the people who say, let's all take a giant step back and look at larger issues here. We're a community. We need to find a way to work together. Yes, this issue is divisive, but we can find solutions. Let me be a convener to bring people to the table to talk about what we can do, not a divider who chooses sides or who attacks on issues uh, that... uh, that really aren't that consequential, or who in some way brings division, not unity, to our community. So pastors who are community pastors have that capacity to take a giant step back and say, hey, listen, look how we're treating one another. This is a political issue. This is a, a, a governmental issue. This is a tax issue. This is a, a community issue that, that really <clears throat> we ought to be able to take a step back and have real disagreement about. No question but not attacking one another over this issue. Community pastors become community pastors because they're seen as people of wisdom and perspective. (coughs) Excuse me. Of wisdom and perspective. So, you're a pastor. Or you have a pastoral role in a community. How can you become a community pastor? Where people in the community see you as a person they can turn to broader than just a person who pastors a small church or just one group of people in that, in that location. First of all, stay a while. And when you're there, join the community. And then promote the common good, be a peacemaker, <clears throat> do funerals, visit hospitals and nursing homes. Be comfortable with being pastor uh, before you're somebody's pastor. And in doing that, you're going to develop a reputation for being a pastor that people can turn to, and people will have you as their pastor long before you become their pastor, and then they'll actually ask you to be their pastor when they commit themselves to Jesus, become part of your church family. I love the word pastor. A few weeks ago, someone from uh, past years of ministry walked up to me and said, Pastor Jeff, and I said, just stop right there, (laughs) just stop right there. That word washes over me like a warm bath. Thank you for calling me that. I have always preferred being called pastor to president. Pastor is a warm word. It's a powerful word. To be someone's pastor is a spiritual honor. It's a stewardship. It's a treasure. And if you are ever blessed enough to have people in your community say, that's my pastor, You'll know what I mean. Become a community pastor. Sure, pastor the people God has given you in your fellowship. But by extending yourself into your community, develop a reputation as being the pastor of an area, of a community. Develop that kind of reputation, and you will see God then enlarge your pastoral ministry in ways you never imagined. Thank you for thinking about this concept. If you're in a major city, you'll have to scale this to your neighborhood, but you can still do it. Everyone that serves in a pastoral role can become a pastor of a community as we lead on.